0: Welcome to Peace of Mind Radio. I am Brian (laughs) Rams, along with Chris Vaughn. Today we're talking about things that, I don't know, things that you should be doing, could be doing, might be doing, might ought to think about doing, maybe make a checklist, maybe make a to-do list, all those things (laughs) that maybe you should be doing uh, during a, uh, you know, when times get tough, right? When the market's being challenged, maybe other forces uh, around us are being challenged and we have a tendency to, sort of hunker down almost go into hibernation and we talked about this a couple of weeks ago uh, we brought up the fact that what we see a lot is that during difficult times investors have a tendency to sort of hunker down yep and they they'll like the, the excuse is always as we were talking about before the show the excuse is i'll take care of it when it's over when this is over right like, i'll do this when it's over or i'm gonna wait till things recover and then i'm gonna make a change And so this series that we're going to run, we're going to do several of these. Not sure how many. We laid out three or four or something, but maybe a few more. But the point behind this is that hopefully if you hear this, you go, yep, you know what? You're right. I should maybe go out and take a look at these particular things just to make sure that they're up to date or reflect my current wishes or whatever the case is. We thought we'd do a show on it. Yep. So today, we're talking about what, Chris? Why don't you introduce the topic? I'm getting Well,
1: okay, the, the topic we were, we were going to talk about today is uh, we're going to deal with the kind of benefits that you can get through your employer, yeah. uh, and you know a lot of these are, you have to do them at open enrollment season, but you don't, what you don't want to do is determine what you need in that last minute. Oh, I've got to turn this in by Friday, and it's Wednesday night already, and we haven't discussed it get these things discussed out in front of it so we know what we'll want to do with our open enrollment type thing. So benefits through work.
0: Yeah, but, and it may, it may very well be that some things you might be able to change now, right? It doesn't always Correct. have to some be... Correct, some things you can. Yeah, and so we're going to talk about those because it doesn't always have to be that you have to wait to open enrollment, although a number of the things that we're talking about, it is. But what you could do is you could put on your calendar there for the beginning of November... To make a notation to come back and watch this uh, podcast or or listen to the podcast or just put a note on there and say, hey, I remember these guys talking about, you know, getting, uh, increasing my life insurance or whatever the case is. You might make a note of it. And then when that time comes around, you'll remind yourself and you can do it. Right. Yep. All right. So, Chris, what is, uh, as we were sort of making our list of things that your employer typically offers. Now, this is not a. This this may not, your company may not offer everything here, right. or your company may offer a lot more, right? We see clients from work at big companies that have a lot of benefits, mm-hmm. and then we see uh, clients that come in and work for smaller companies that may not necessarily have everything that's on our list, right? Right, that's right. So uh, it's kind of all over the board, but uh, you'll you'll get the point, right? The point is, make take action today to better yourself coming out of this particular situation we're in, which is hopefully the tail end of this whole COVID thing. So, all right. So Chris, you take the first one.
1: Well, the, the most obvious thing that you can get through work that's a that's a benefit that most companies offer would be life insurance. Um, and, and, you know, as I deal with life insurance as part of financial plans and talking to some of the carriers over the last year, the life insurance companies have been absolutely inundated since the whole COVID shutdown started last year. Uh, because I would assume people are worried about their own mortality. So they go out and they say, well, I need to get more life insurance. Um, how you determine the correct amount of life insurance, is a, that's another show in itself. It is. Uh, but I can tell you that if you can get insurance through work, uh, number one, it's cheaper. It, it just is because you're getting a group rate. Uh, and as long as you don't go too high, every, every company has different rules here you're guaranteed to be approved up to certain levels. So it's fairly common for companies to say, okay, you get one times base salary. Uh, that's, that might be included at no charge to you, but you might be able to get two or even three times with absolutely no underwriting whatsoever. All you have to do is elect it, but that is very much an open enrollment thing. Uh, so that's the first thing that you can get there.
0: Yeah, and just so you know that uh, when it comes to life insurance, you typically there's, – there's a couple of different offerings. Uh, Chris mentioned it. I'll just elaborate just slightly Ooh. on it. But typically when you're you know, bigger employers, will give you a basic um, life insurance policy of yeah. around $50,000, give or take a little bit. Yeah, it's very around, common like that. Yeah, it's 50 grand, it's group policy. That you typically – if you were to leave your employer – doesn't go with you, right? right? It that's, just, that's
1: the con to group life insurance at work. Is if you leave and go somewhere else, you lose that coverage. Yeah, that's
0: right. Um, but you can do an extended policy on top of that, which is Chris was Chris just talking about one, two, three times your salary or something. Um, those, not always, but I have been in situations where those are somewhat portable. Sometimes, sometimes. Very. It's not that not that common, but it is a situation where it might be portable. So. Again, that's just something you're going to need to know, but it's super cheap and easy. That's why we tell everybody, max that out first when you're going through your uh, financial need for your life insurance. Max that out first. All right, what's next? Well, disability insurance. Okay, big one, right? Yeah,
1: and, and, and I think disability insurance is probably the most overlooked Form of insurance that that is fairly common for people to need. Oh, I 100 uh, percent agree. And and here's it blows my mind people don't have this. But I, and I might have my stats wrong. It's like one in four people will have at least a short term disability situation during their working years. So we're not talking about getting sick and being out for three or four days. That's what sick time is for. Right. We're talking about due to illness or injury, and illness is actually much more common than injury when it comes to disability claims. Right. Uh, you cannot work for a period of time that is longer than the vacation and sick days time that you have saved up. And that's when that insurance kicks in. Um, The interesting thing about it is, and this is as a motivation for people to actually go back to work uh, so that they don't sit at home and become the the couch potato. Um, Disability insurance is limited on how much you can get. So in most states, it's around 70%. Uh, meaning you can only be covered up to 70% of your total income. So if you think about it from that perspective, if you've got the best possible policy or, or group of policies, in total, you're going to take a minimum of a 30% pay cut. And think about what would happen if you took a, basically a one-third pay cut that fast that could be devastating to your family. So that's why disability insurance is so important. And it is fairly cheap when you get it through your employer. And it is very expensive to go outside as a general rule. So I recommend to every client, always get your disability insurance through work. And I've yet to see a situation where I didn't recommend maxing it out.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So I'll add two things to that. So what's interesting is, and we've had conversations about this, but what's interesting, uh, we were actually we're teaching an adult literacy program right mm-hmm. now, and I mentioned this uh, last week in the yep. adult literacy program, and my girlfriend happened to be there, and she was like, I have never looked at it that way. Now, you don't know what I'm going to Obviously, I have not mentioned what I was going to say, but here it is. <laughs> so we were talking about insurance in general, and we were saying how most people will get you know, auto insurance to cover the car, right? They have homeowners insurance to to cover the value of their home, which is typically a person's largest asset. Yes, is their home. Um, The one thing you can't get insurance for is your 401k, right? There's no insurance to guarantee anything like that. However, I said in the class, and I do believe this, that your largest asset that you have is your ability to make income, right? That's the... That's, or, or it's called income. human
1: capital, and you're absolutely yeah. right.
0: It's the it's the biggest thing we want to insure, and yet very few people insure it. Right. Um, and, and when I actually we left after the class, and we went and grabbed something to eat, and she was like, "Can I just tell you something?" And I was like, "What?" And she was like, "I have never heard it ever presented that way." Right. And I'm like, "Well, that's what it is, right?" Yep. It's your biggest asset. So anyway, um, so disability insurance. I, Absolutely. And those
1: two forms, disability and life insurance, are designed to cover that that ability to earn an income. Human capital, if you That's want right. to use the fancy name.
0: That's right. And so I will tell you that there typically is some sort of company-provided disability yeah. that gets you to a certain percentage. I've seen anywhere from 60 to 70%, as Chris mentioned. However, you can actually purchase additional benefit, what we call gap insurance. Yep. And all it does is give you the ability to increase that, uh, that rate up to right. around 75 80% yep. or something in, in that ballpark, usually around 75% or so. So if you're at 60 and you get to 75, that's a heck of a deal. Yeah, it is. Um, but there's a whole slew of information that goes along with doing that. Um, so you just need to make sure that, that you, know, you go to you know, seek the advice of a professional and say, hey, I want to insure more than what I'm getting through work. And let us walk you through that uh, scenario because there's all kinds of different aspects of disability insurance that makes it more expensive, less expensive, all that good stuff. So disabilities is a great one. Yep. What's the next?
1: HSAs. And this is something you are super passionate about. If you ever go to one of the workshops that we do, Brian's passionate about certain things. We all are. When you get to HSAs, he loses his mind. I mean, this is a huge one for you. So, Tell everybody why an
0: HSA is such a big deal. Well, it's it's actually considered a it the it's called a health savings account. Now it's different than a flex savings account. We right. get that question a lot. Yeah. Flex savings account, totally different. User or lose it. Uh HSA is totally different. You have to have a high deductible plan in order to have one. But the one huge benefit to it is, is that it is what we call triple tax free. So right. it's you get to contribute to it pre-tax, it grows tax-free, which Chris and I had a conversation about 30 minutes ago yeah. <laughs> about how you get it to grow. And then uh, and then third, when you uh, take those distributions for medical expense, uh, it's tax-free. So the, the concept behind an HSA is that you have to pay a certain amount up to your deductible out-of-pocket. So the concept is you put $100 in over the course of a month or two months or whatever right. – you uh, Somebody gets sick, they need a prescription refilled for $25. They give you a debit card, you go and you swipe the debit card, you pull the money out tax-free. That $25, you've never paid tax on it, mm-hmm. uh, and, and you get to use it as an expense, right? Right. But there are so many ways to take advantage of that account type, because that's really what it's all about. That's a whole different podcast in itself. But the concept is that when you put the money in there, you have $25 dollars you got to spend, OK, right. What's a better use of your money? The HSA that went in tax free, that grows tax free and it's tax free later on versus take money out of your checking account. Well, you the better use of your money is the 20 paying twenty five dollars out of your checking account. Correct. That is not tax free. Yeah. So HSAs, we could do a whole show on HSAs, yeah, but we won't. However, we are seeing more and more employers go to a high deductible plan or what they call catastrophic health insurance. And that's what I have. Uh, and so you have the ability to contribute to an HSA. And in some cases, we are seeing more, pl- more employers that are now matching contributions to your HSA. So yep. you put in X amount of dollars, they'll match it. Um, it's a great incentive. Uh, it's a great tool to use. Properly used can be a huge advantage to you as you age. And your, uh, in theory, your health maintenance goes up, yep. right, the older you get. So you get to use this HSA. Can you invest it? Absolutely. Are there plans that restrict your ability to invest, as we're finding out? Yes. (laughs) That was the conversation we had about a half an hour ago. Um, However, I have my HSA uh, at a a particular institution that I can invest it. And so that's what I do. I make my contribution, and I turn around and put it right in Interestingly
1: enough, I'm going to kind of tee up what we were talking about earlier. So let's just say, for example, I have an HSA that my wife and I are contributing to, Right. But we're, we don't have any investment options.
0: What can I do? So you can open up uh, an HSA at a different program,
1: other than the one my employer provides. Correct. Okay.
0: So it's just like a it's just like a four hundred one k right right and uh, and you're still a, an uh, say you're still a participant right you can have an IRA outside you have to meet certain requirements right? there's some we're not getting into that but there are some requirements you got to meet uh, you can take money out of your four hundred one k move it to an IRA and still be a participant right. Well, the HSA is the same, although you have to keep a certain amount of cash in case you use your debit card. Right. But anything above that, you can transfer.
1: So I can transfer that to this new
0: facility, Correct. whatever you want to call yep. it,
1: uh, put it into that HSA account, and, and then my investment options are considerably
0: greater, right? Yeah. There's probably the one I use, there's probably 20, 25 investment choices give or take that's a whole lot better than zero yeah that's well that's better it's a lot better than zero or one yeah yeah one's better than yeah that's right (laughs) yeah so yeah so there's options that's the point is there's options so if you are contributing to an HSA uh, and you want to learn more about it just call us come see us because I do I mean I couldn't tell you me folks we deal with that have HSAs and I personally have one and really it's just more about education and proving the point to a client or providing them the information in order right. to, for them to make a better financial decision. But it's all about where is your money most effectively used for you? Is right. it taking money out of your checking account to pay for that prescription? Or is it taking money out of a essentially a triple net tax-free account to pay for that? And we argue that it's taking money out of your checking account. I so told you right all here. he was passionate about this. Yeah, I know. But And if... Yeah, and, and if but you, you do see why, in, because of
1: the tax issue, it's such a yeah. big deal if you do it the right and, way. And
0: we're always talking to clients about, you know, it's about the account type that it makes right. the most difference. And obviously, that the HSA is a great account type. Yeah. All right. What's
1: next? Cool. Um, so the major medical health insurance yeah. that you get at work, yeah. and I think most people understand that that is where most of us get our health insurance from. It is the cheapest place, as a general rule, to get your health insurance from, but. A couple of the things that I want to point out, you have some options when you're picking those out. Once again, this is typically an open enrollment type of thing, or when you first start with a new company, is some of the variables that you've got in there like dental and vision. And I'm amazed as I talk to people that they don't put any thought into this part. And We were talking earlier, my oldest uh, is, I mean, he's got a couple of teeth that have come in crooked. So you know orthodontia is coming. Well, you, when you're picking out your plans, you want to look at your dental plan and see if orthodontia is covered. And if it is, by how much? And you know, I don't want to use my HSA. I'd much rather the the insurance cover it, so on and so forth. Yeah. So those are some of the things that you have to think about. Vision is the same way. Um, you right. know, All four of us in my family uh, wear glasses. Uh, three of us wear contacts and glasses. So you can see how that would add up very, very quickly to these major expenses. So you want to make sure that you're selecting the
0: dental and the vision coverage, for example,
1: that is the best situation for your family.
0: Yeah, there's, I mean, really health plans are becoming more and more creative about capturing more and more dollars, right? So they're, yes, doing, they they're doing all these kind of one-off policies that you can add to your health insurance. You can add major uh, like a cancer policy yep. an accidental death and dismemberment. All this, these little add-ons, they all add up, right? Yeah, so they that's, do. that's the biggest thing is you just got to go through and evaluate it. Here's what – I have a number of clients that, during open enrollment, will bring in their packet they receive, and we just sit down and walk through them. And here's what you need to select. Here's what – you know, I wouldn't necessarily select that based on your situation. So uh, by all means, do that. Now, the last one that we've got um, is 401K or retirement yeah. plan. It could be simple IRA – 403b 457
1: yeah. there's a lot of them but they're all kind of the same thing
0: yep so here's what we would tell you is um this is one that not anything prior to that that we've talked about is typically an open enrollment type right. evaluation right you have to get to that triggering right. point in order to make a change this is not and people all the time they think that yeah. it is i can't make a change until
1: october november whenever their open right. enrollment is now you not true
0: yep and uh contribution wise whether you want to increase decrease your contribution, which we would never recommend you decrease it, but in some circumstances you have to sure that your employer has to determine when you're eligible to do that. It could be monthly, it could be quarterly uh, that's up to them. however, um we always say at the beginning of the year, everybody typically gets a raise. this is kind of one of the big one of the big uh, components of it. You typically get a raise at the end of the year, right mm-hmm. I mean you don't Hopefully, you're, yeah I don't you don't pay yourself. you don't give yourself a raise no I'm cheap yeah i uh, know i keep asking my boss and he keeps telling me no too um but point is that at the beginning of every year as a participant in a 401k plan you have the ability to go in and increase your contribution limit right. so if you get a three percent raise and you go in and increase your contribution by one percentage point makes a huge difference Absolutely. down the road so and it you, you're getting two percent anyway so uh net two percent right because you're going to put one away and you get three whatever but that that's a great option to at the beginning of the year when you get your raise jump into your 401k plan and increase your contributions by one percent it's uh there's just no downside to it so that's a good one um all right so another thing you can do inside your 401k plan that we always recommend is at least review your current holdings at least annually yeah. So after the first of the year, <laughs> make yourself a note, put it on your calendar. Remember, we put on your calendar at the end of the year, right, to make sure you review your Jennifer benefits, you open enrollments. Yep. yep. Do this at either that at that point or at the first of the year after you have met with your boss, and the boss says, "Hey, you get a three to five percent raise, and you're going in to increase your contribution limits by one percent anyway." Jump in and take a look at your holdings, and um, and just rebalance them. But when you rebalance, whatever you do, and I'm going to let Chris talk about this, but whatever you do, please seek the advice of a professional. You can come see us. Go see your current advisor. Right. You can call the mutual fund company and say, hey, I'm thinking about doing this. I'm thinking about doing that. And here's the reason why I think you should seek the advice of a professional. Number one, because we can give you professional advice, right? Sure. Um, but number two, we see a lot of DIYers that come in that have now, like, hey, I've managed my 401k forever. Right. But I now am looking for somebody to manage a, an IRA over here. Right. And then we wind up looking at <clears throat> we wind up looking at the 401k. And inevitably what they have multiple what invested uh,
1: target date funds. There you go. It's the same fund. <laughs> well, OK, so real quick. Because I I don't want to go too long, because this is uh, definitely going down a rabbit trail. Um, A a target date fund is one of those funds, it's a mutual fund typically, where you have a date on there. So I'm going to be retiring in roughly 2030. So I would pick the target date 2030 fund. Uh, And I think most people understand that the longer away that date is, the more aggressive the fund is. And this is where people get in trouble. And they say, okay, uh, let's see, I'm going to retire in 2040. So the conservative part of my portfolio, I should get a 2025 or a 2030, and I should get some aggressive stuff. So I'll do a 2050 and a 2055. Don't do that. One fund. They are specifically designed for that purpose. Uh, target date funds are great when you don't know what you're doing. That's exactly what they're for. I'm not an expert in this field, therefore I should use a target date fund. But you pick the one that is closest to your actual target
0: date and you stick with that. Never do two or more. Yeah, well, part of it is that few, very few participants in a 401k plan actually get education on how to invest. Right? Correct. They Absolutely. Go to, they go to one meeting a year, if that. Maybe. And they talk about the funds, and then they go, any questions? And you're too scared to do this, and so you don't do it. So then you just go in and pick three or four of these target day funds, and really, you're just duplicating your effort. It's, but to Chris's point, just pick the one fund. That's what they're designed to do. Yep. Uh, and go with it. Now – What they'll also tell you is that the closer you get to retirement, the more conservative the fund gets. And we would tell you that that's not necessarily where a retiree should be. Because this is going down another rabbit hole, but you've got 20, 30 years potentially in retirement. You don't want to get too conservative and have the potential for your assets not uh, surviving you. So uh, that's a whole different story, which we can talk about later. That'd be a good podcast. Maybe we'll do that sometime. Yeah. yeah. Uh, All right. So here's the thing. Just the point behind us doing these is just to give you a little nugget of information to be able to say, oh, yeah, hey, that's maybe something I should take a look at for myself. If you get to a point where you, you're not sure what to do, call us or seek the advice of a, of a professional and say, here's where I am. Here's what I'm looking to do. Can you give me some advice or can you, you know, give me some direction? We're happy to do that. So uh, next week we're talking 401k plans? Sure. I think we are. I or maybe maybe we just talk too much about it and we can't put a whole... We, I think we are. We'll come
1: up with something really yeah. good for
0: Yeah, us. I think we are. So anyway, <laughs> um, tune in next week. Go back and watch any of our podcasts from our uh, later podcasts. And also keep in mind that we do multiple sets of podcasts. We have this one, we have... Connecting the Commonwealth, which is one that we talk about, uh, talk to or interview uh, individual business owners yep. and entrepreneurs in town. It's not about us. It's not about financial matters. It's all about them.
1: It's amazing what you learn from these people. Too. Yeah, it's
0: very cool. Yeah. We just, you know, it's just services that you may or may not know about uh, in town. So uh, so it's a pretty cool podcast. And then we also, for fun, do one called Berbers and... Burgers and bourbon. I love it. You cannot say that right the first time. I don't think you've got it right yet. We're just gonna go straight B and B later. But anyway, (laughs) it's Burgers and Bourbon uh it's it's a pretty cool podcast so make sure you check it out and uh i guess that's it for this week make sure you let's give them some contact information yeah go ahead so
1: all right so if you are watching this uh on youtube or whatever go to our website fwppartners.com and you can get in and subscribe to all of our other podcasts if you are listening to this what's the best phone number for them to reach us brian 502-200-5210 and what's a great email address for them to reach out I thought you were closing this out. Okay, so I was just throwing you under the bus to see if you could get that. It's info at fwppartners.com.
2: Thanks, everybody. Have a good week. The information given herein is taken from sources that IFP Advisors, LLC, doing businesses, Independent Financial Partners, IFP. IFP Securities, doing business as IFP and its advisors believe to be reliable, but it is not guaranteed by us as to accuracy or completeness. This is for informational purposes only and in no event should be construed as an offer to sell or solicitation of an offer to buy any securities or products. Please consult your tax and or legal advisor before implementing any tax and or legal related strategies mentioned in this publication as IFP does not provide tax and or legal advice. Opinions expressed are subject to change without notice and do not take into account the particular investment objectives, financial situation, or needs of individual investors. This report may not be reproduced, distributed, or published by any person for any purpose without IFPs express prior written consent. Securities offered through IFP Securities, LLC, doing business as independent financial partners, IFP, member of FINRA and SIPC. Investment advice offered through IFP Advisors, doing business as IFP, a registered investment advisor. IFP and family wealth planning partners are not affiliated. The information given herein is taken from sources that IFP Advisors, LLC, doing business as IFP, IFP Securities LLC, doing business as IFP, and its advisors believe to be reliable, but it is not guaranteed by us as to accuracy or completeness. This is for informational purposes only, and in no event should be construed as an offer to sell or solicitation of an offer to buy any securities or products. Please consult your tax and or legal advisor before implementing any tax and or legal related strategies mentioned in this publication as IFP does not provide tax and or legal advice. Opinions expressed are subject to change without notice and do not take into account the particular investment objectives, financial situation, or needs of individual investors.